Hi, I'm Phoebe Park, and I'd like to welcome you to The Soup, the audio kickback for entrepreneurs, bloggers, and creators seeking advice on how to level up their personal lives and careers in order to live their best lives. Are you ready to uncover the power of your truth and untapped potential? Then kick back and listen to The Soup with your host, Shakela J. Taylor. Peace and blessings, tribe. This is your girl, Shakela with The Soup. And I have a brand new episode of The Soup. Clearly, that's why I'm here. So as the summer dwindles down, so is this series. I have a couple more women that, I, that I'm going to feature on um, this series of The Soup of powerful female entrepreneurs who are kicking ass. But I want you to take time to actually think about a time when you actually had a chance to interview, to talk with, to email. You had some kind of correspondence with your shiro or hero. Someone who truly inspired what you do, has inspired a piece of your business, inspired a piece of your life. And think about how you felt. So... I'm going to give you um, a little example of which is going to be this episode. I had the amazing pleasure of interviewing Maya Elias. When I tell you I've been following this woman for the past two years for the span that I've been living in Dallas, the moment that I decided to um, become an entrepreneur and take it seriously, I started to watch her webinars. I started to follow her on Twitter. I would read her um newsletters and actually click on the links that said tweet this and I would tweet all of her sayings and mantras and when I tell you I really have enjoyed seeing how this woman has progressed in her career so I took um, a leap of faith and I actually contacted her team to see if I could interview her for this series and God be the glory I had a chance to do that for this episode when I tell you Maya of course, if you're not familiar, first of all, I need you to go ahead and pause right here. Go to Google, get your life, go to Instagram at Maya Elias to get your life because you're going to see how passionate she is about her work, how passionate she is about helping others make money, how passionate she is about helping others create their own individual piece of the pie online and offline. She is just absolutely fantastic and has inspired me so much that this i'm gonna have to stamp it all of course all these episodes have been my favorite but this is my top favorite because i had a chance to interview one of my sheroes and when i tell you i felt so nervous at first but i feel i felt so empowered afterwards because she truly drops gems she truly i mean even inspired me after this interview so if you are currently searching trying to find your way trying to figure out the way of entrepreneurship we give you a little taste of what it was like when we first started when we were blogging and how that evolution and transformation has taken place for maya so i want you to kick back relax and listen to this episode and when you get a chance please feel free to tweet instagram email me and maya so you can tell her how fabulous this this podcast was i'm just so blessed and so excited that i could share this with you all right y'all let's get into the episode and we're gonna get it going Hi everyone, this is your girl Shakela with the soup. And of course, I am back again with another episode with someone. I, I'm literally having a fangirl moment. So I've got to calm myself. I think I have a fangirl moment with every single person I've had a chance to interview. But I'm actually getting a chance to sit down virtually, sit down with the great Maya Elias. Um, it's just, what can I say? You, I know you know 
more by her than I do. But I don't think you do, because I've been following her for over two years now and just seeing her transformation in the space as an online entrepreneur turned blogger turned entrepreneur turned now an owner of a dope agency. We'll get into more of that, but I could talk about her for years and months to come. But I'm going to let Maya step in and tell me more about yourself, what you have going on, and introduce yourself to my tribe. How are you? I am well. Thank you so much for the introduction. I'm really, really excited to be on here and just hang out and talk to you. Um, but like you said, yep, my name is Maya and I am a business owner. Um, and I actually started out designing in 2008. So that's what prompted me to start my agency again now, uh, which was just a few weeks ago. I started out designing in 2008. So I started making my money professionally uh, let's see, like nine years ago, which is the weirdest thing to say out loud because I'm just about to turn 27 in a couple of weeks. And I'm like, how have you been doing something for nine years? Like you haven't even been alive long enough <laughs> to do something consistently for nine years. But I, I was really blessed that I fell in love with design at a young age. And I had somebody offer me money, particularly to do MySpace pages. That's really how I started. And then I just started um, playing around with graphics. I um, was playing around with coding for MySpace pages. I told people I was a web designer before I had even designed a website. And then when somebody paid me money to design a website, I was like, okay, crap. Now I actually have to be a real web designer <laughs> and figure it out. Right. <laughs> so that's how I started. Um, and then obviously I began to know the industry and learn the industry and get better figure out how to build a website that could actually make my clients money, get them seen. Because essentially that's what everybody wanted that hired me. They were like, I want people to be able to find me. I want people to be able to pay me. And I also want to give off a persona um, that I'm cool and that I'm interesting and that, you know, people love me. So that is pretty much what branding is, right? Just giving off this persona and allowing people to form an idea of you that's positive. And that's, you know, all the work that we put into branding, it's for that, it's for that specific thing. So that's how I really got into branding. And then when I was making money full time as a designer, you know, I was working for myself um, as a designer, but I, I dabbled into blogging. My sister Maddie was like, you need to start a blog. Um, I think it would be really cool. So all I saw in the blogging industry was what Maddie did, which was lifestyle blogging. And she was doing a lot of she was talking a lot about fashion back then. She was talking a lot about her own style too. So I just thought that's what blogging was, right. like talking about your right. style. And I do not like style. I love looking good, but I don't like shopping. I don't like spending my money on clothes. And I only like getting dressed really if I'm getting paid to get dressed and go somewhere. So really like style, right. wasn't, yes. my, <laughs> style wasn't my thing. Yet here I am starting a blog on style. And it's just so interesting that now I look at people I'm like oh she's starting a blog she don't even know she talked about and it's like girl you were just doing that eight years ago so relax you know let these people figure it out so right I started <laughs> I started a blog on style and then I started talking about personal development and I talked about my faith a little bit because those were things I actually cared about and then I talked about how I ran a business you know as a 20 year old as a 21 year old how I got people to trust me the processes in my business how I got clients um how I got clients to give me good testimonials and good case studies. That's when people started paying attention to my blog. It wasn't about the style and it's not, my blog didn't become popular 
because of the topic. It became popular because I was talking about what I actually cared about. So once I began blogging and just kind of giving people insight into my actual life, not this fake, right. here's my style life, people were more <laughs> right. interested. <laughs> people were more interested in learning about me as a business owner and how I ran things and they really wanted more advice from me. So what I did was I started um, coaching my design clients that I already had because a lot of them used to always want to hop on a phone call with me and ask me questions. And I already don't like being on the phone. So I'm like, okay, if people are going to keep asking me to hop on a quick call, I need to call this consulting <laughs> and put a price point to it. Right. <laughs> Most certainly. I think we all went through that. This discovery call phase where it's just like, hey, you get like 20 minutes, but it turns into like two hours and I'm actually coaching you and I get nothing in my pocket. We all went through Right. <laughs> Right. And I didn't even know what discovery calls were back then because I didn't know really much about the coaching industry. I just knew I was spending time giving advice and I wanted to make money from it. So that's how I got into coaching. Um, And then after like kind of coaching my clients and kind of creating a formula in my head, I was like, okay, let me put this on my blog. Like, let's see who's going to keep paying me for advice. So I put it on my blog and people were actually hiring me. So I was like, okay, there's really something to this thing. So I'm like, let me package my advice and like put it in a course. Um, and it was an online membership when I first started it, but it's now one of my courses. But that is pretty much the transition. Like every time I find a new, I, like every time I find a new way to help my clients, I put a price point to it. And that's how I went from designing to blogging to coaching. And now finally back to designing, which is like my ultimate passion. But now I make money from all of those different ways. And it's just, it's amazing that I can serve so many people at different levels. Yes, I love that. So I feel like what we're creeping up on is that topic of building income streams, right? So I feel like everyone at the time when we were starting out, like, so when I, I have a similar story to you, I didn't begin with designing. I, I began strictly when I was in college as far as like showing off my cheap fashion, horrible fashion styles um, in college on a blog. And that's what all got started. And what I learned, I think the pivotal thing that I learned during that time is how to build a community, how to effectively build a community, and how to make waves online. So that's one of my specialties. I know how to do that very, very, very well. And I think starting off as a fashion blogger really helped me with that. So mm-hmm. oftentimes when we come from that space, we tend to zero in on that one thing. I'm really good at taking photos. I'm really good at being the subject um, in a photo. So we can't see past that. So what you just shared with me is the fact that how you just had that trajectory of designer, style blogger, figuring out, nah, I don't like that. But I know how to, I know how to uplift and level up with my clients. So with that mm-hmm. idea of building income streams, how, first of all, what would be the basics to building an income stream, a couple of income streams when you're first starting out and how important they are to your business now today? Hmm. That's a really good question. But even really quickly to go back to your point, like it's so important to just realize what you're good at because I am a really good designer and I love designing, but I'm a better businesswoman because I'm always Mm, thinking like, how can I make money and serve people? And those are the two things that you need to have a business. So if you want to have multiple income streams, you need to think of multiple ways to serve your clients and just put a price point on it. So that's really what it is. Um, so because some of my clients, like when they got the design, their problem still wasn't solved. And that's something I had to recognize. Like 
what is the actual problem that people are dealing with when they come to me? And when I started in business, I wasn't experienced enough in business to know how to um, offer the correct solution. So mm, I listened yes. to the solution they thought they needed because I wasn't a business expert at that point. I was just a designer. So when people were hiring me, it's because they thought design was the solution and I agreed with them and then I created it. But then when I got more familiar with business, now when people come to me for design, I'm like, you don't need design yet. You need clarity in your business. You need to know what your website's going to say. You need to know who you're saying it to. You need to know the goals of your website. So now I know how to offer a solution as an expert. So again, when you're trying to create multiple income streams, you need to know how to offer multiple solutions for a problem. Oh, yes. I, I love that. And I never have heard it broken down that way because oftentimes when you are starting out and a lot of you listening now are probably wanting to launch something, wanting to be a coach and consultant, wanting to be in the service industry. And the first thing you cling on to is that you don't want to lose that client. You don't want to lose that income or that money coming in, um, that you get that, that first check you get from a client. So we never want to rock the boat. So normally we're like, okay, yeah, I can do that. I can do that trying to over sell and over like, right. Like over above and beyond. Right. Mm -hmm. So the one thing that I learned from you and I tell people all the time now, and this was like last year or so some time ago where you were like, before I started to sell my products and services, I sold my expertise. And that has always, always stuck with me. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm just like, that's so right. So in your words, for people who don't understand what that means, would you mind explaining what that means and the process of actually selling your expertise before you actually monetize? Mm-hmm. That's good. Um, so basically what that means is, again, figuring out what you're actually good at. So when I talk about selling, especially to people that are new to selling or that are afraid to sell, I'm always like, we need to stop focusing on the actual product and service. We need to stop focusing on oh, you get three coaching calls or you get a course with five workbooks. It's like, how are you helping me though? Because I'm like, it doesn't really matter how you package it. It could be a coaching call. It could be a course. It could be a book. It could be whatever. But if it's not getting me to the result and I, and I don't get access to your expertise, then it's like, really, what's the point? And I think the reason a lot of people do that is because they they downplay their experiences, they downplay their expertise, so they don't lead with it. But they feel like a pretty website or a pretty looking coaching program or a pretty looking online course is what really sells and that's not it. And that's why they lead with those things. But if you think about how valuable you are to the person that has access to you, you would Mm -hmm. lead with that. You would focus on selling your expertise rather than trying to sell the product or service. Yes, yes. And, and, ah. Yes, I can't tell you how many times when um, I've opened up now, I've played around with the idea of building a Facebook group, and I've had people tell me, you should do it. I'm like, that's a lot of work. Um, but I actually took <laughs> it and decided to dive in and do it. So now it's grown to over 1K. I don't know where these people have come from. It's been like in the past five months, but I'm like, thanks, Facebook suggestions. You helping a sister out right, right. now. I'm so appreciative. <laughs> right. So the number one thing that I see, and I have to be very careful how I say it, but you know, if you if you're someone who's of service and you serve a tribe, you serve a specific person in the industry or group of people, you have to be honest. 
So the number one thing I hear in the group is like, how can I make my website look like this? And how do I make a mood board? And how do I do X, Y, and Z? And oftentimes there, there is no website. Oftentimes there is no strategy for the business. Many times they don't even know who they're going to serve. And I believe that's the number one thing. Everyone's talking mm-hmm. about, oh, target audience isn't important. Okay, but who is your ideal client? What does that mm-hmm. person look like? What does she read? What does she, what, what communities is she participating in? And if you ask me those questions, I can tell you, like, I know where she is. So how do you personally figure out for your brand, who is your ideal client and what did you do? What are the steps you took to figure out that information? Because a lot of folks feel like, well, did you make the information up? Like, no, if you pay attention to your audience, you will see where they are. (laughs) Yes, this question actually cracks me up because I... So in my mind, I was like, okay, who makes, who makes money and who pays people, right? So that's the first thing that I thought of. And I actually think a lot of Black creatives think the way that I thought. So a lot of Black creatives assume that Black people just don't want to pay higher prices for things. And that's just not the case. There's, right. there's Black people that are willing to invest. It's just about finding the right group of people. And so when I started out, or actually not even when I necessarily started out, when I started developing as a designer and when I started getting better with my aesthetic, I was like, oh, I'm going to switch into corporate design. Like, I'm going to be working for these, like, companies, and my ideal um, target client will probably be, um, like, a Caucasian male that's, like, 45 and up or something like that. And I was like, okay, girl, that's so cute in theory. But if you go ahead and check your PayPal and see who's been paying you consistently, it's African-American women from the ages of 28 to 45. So what you really need to be doing is start catering to the people that are already cutting you these checks. And that's how you figure out who your ideal client is. Like your ideal client isn't somebody that you kind of sort of maybe would think would have money. It's the person that's already paying you. And that's something that's so important to pay attention to. And something you'll also begin to realize is that your ideal client probably looks like you because they relate to you. Like it's not a mistake that as I get older, I attract older women. When I first started out, I was attracting college students because people resonated with my college dropout, um, my college dropout story. And then as I got older, people just resonated with how I just developed like as a young woman and a woman in business. So you're going to attract people that look like you because they want to give money to people that understand them. And everybody feels like they're a unicorn. Everybody feels like, okay, yeah, yeah, right? Everybody's like, but this is my specific problem. Like, this is my problem as an African-American college dropout student, right? So they're like, I, nobody's going to understand me unless they've been through what I've been through. And that's why your story is so important in branding. And that's why your story is pretty much going to yes. determine who your audience is. Yes. And I am going, I know when I go back and edit this, I'm going to shout because <laughs> that's real. That's real. I tell people every single day, the number one thing you can be doing, like before you're talking about color boards and mood boards, what's your story? What kind of grit have you experienced? Like, what's your expertise, your experience? What makes you uniquely you, right? And just like what you were saying, I had some women saying, well, I don't want to be attracting um, older women, X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, 
Do you know how you sound? Do you know what you're going to do? You are missing out on one of the key purchasers in this industry right now. And they're going to be the middle-aged women who are either in, in the cusp of leaving their corporate jobs. They have seven, eight-figure jobs um, as far as like their salary, and they're willing to invest. Whatever you mm-hmm. tell, whatever amount that you give them, and that's viable to your expertise, viable to what you speak, that you're an expert in, they are willing to invest in you, no matter how old they are, right? Mm-hmm. So just like you, I just turned um, 26, June 2nd. So Ooh, I happy noticed, birthday! Yes, thank you, boo. Um, <laughs> I noticed that I'm starting to attract older women. And mm-hmm. I appreciate that because in ways they mentor me in ways they have no idea. And in turn, I'm teaching them how to use social media effectively. Even though that's mm-hmm. not my area of expertise anymore, I love social media, but I focus more on goal implementation and how to implement. Well, if you have an idea, how can I help you take that to irresistible success? That's what I want to help you focus on. Mm-hmm. But what that what that niche of women, they don't really understand social media. So if you can just teach them, okay, this is how you structure your Instagram. This is how you can present yourself as a brand owner and not always talk about dollars and, and sign, dollars on Instagram because you have to figure out an effective way. Mm-hmm. It's all about building a story, right? Especially on Instagram. Yeah. If you go yeah. in with the kill, like, hey, by the way, I have a workbook that's like $97. You can click the link in my bio to get it. No one, <laughs> they're going to be like, oh, that's, that's oh, right. cute. Right, that's cute, because I do it all the time. Oh, that's cute, girlfriend. Bye. Right, um, that's cute, but who are you? Yes. Right. And why do you <laughs> want me to give you my $97? Like, mm-hmm. $97 of my money. Why? Right. Are like, you? what does my $97 have right. to do with you? Okay, because you instantly <laughs> go, and that's how we are as human beings. We, we, we naturally want to say no for some reason. And mm-hmm. I teach this a lot with social media, is that if you give a human being on Instagram, on social media, any platform, if you give them the opportunity to say no, they will say no before they say yes. So instead (laughs) of asking them to do something, you tell them to do it. So it's all Mm -hmm. about how can you tell them like, hey, if you want to click the link in my bio to read this or to purchase this, they're never going to do it. But if you Mm -hmm. give them an affirmative, if you stand in your purpose and you give them something affirmative to do, they'll do it. But you also have to be building your brand story. So what tips mm-hmm. would you have for building your brand story and picking pieces of your experience in life to tell online? Because, you know, there, I mean, 26, 27, 35, 40, that's a lot of time. It's a lot of time on this earth to experience some things <laughs> and some heavy things. So how do you go about picking and choosing what you share online to build your business expertise and share that online? Mm, that's a really, really good question. And to anybody that doesn't think telling your story is important, you definitely need to reevaluate that because why do you think Snapchat and IG stories are so important? Because it's an ongoing story. This is what we care about. It doesn't even have to be a story that like, it doesn't even have to be something that's like, ooh, something tragic happened. It's like, we love watching people all day long. That's why you have people on Snapchat that just watch stories all day, but they never actually do their own story or people that will watch your IG stories along or they'll watch you on Periscope all the time, but they never, you know, have the nerve to work up their own story. But people love watching people. We're all naturally people watchers. Like we love it. And so you need to learn how to just be somebody else in the mix that somebody can watch. Like what's interesting about you? What, what's happened in your day? That's interesting. 
I think a lot of people feel like their story has to be like, I came from this, you know, tragic background where I was sleeping in my car and it doesn't have to be like that. And we Mm -hmm. all experience something, right? Like my story is I dropped out of college, which may be drastic to some people, but to people that like don't have parents that care about them and they, they really were homeless. So like, girl, all you had to do was drop out of college. Like, okay, great. So you have less school like that ain't right, story. Right. so it's just like right. your story is your story you just gotta live up to it you just gotta own Come your on. story and be okay with that and you just have to learn how to make a story out of everything like I can look yes. at a pen on my desk and make up a story with it and it's so funny I was actually um just talking to my friend Emily De La Cruz she was interviewing me for something and she um, sure was and you, I was watching it she's fantastic oh, you are. and I was like <laughs> yes yes <laughs> right and we were talking about storytelling and how to effectively tie it to a product because that's what you guys really need to learn how to do and I was like really the best people or the best resources to pay attention to when it comes to that are pastors and devotionals because wow. you'll listen, like your pastor will open up with a story especially Joel Osteen he'll open up with some joke that ain't got nothing to do with nothing but he'll connect right. you to the sermon or my pastor will start out with a story that ain't got nothing to do with nothing but it'll connect you to the sermon or you will read a devotional and it'll start out with a story and they'll connect it to the message. And I'm like, this didn't have nothing to do with nothing, but you managed to connect it. And I respect that. <laughs> you didn't come through my, because I swear, it's like, when, first of all, when you started with the pen, I was like, oh my God, I could do the same. I could do the same thing. Like if you can sell like mm-hmm. that old school saying, if you can sell, what is it? Water to a fish or freaking snow to a, a Eskimo, like you can totally do it. I can right. sell any and everything. I can create copy for any and everything. But just like we're talking, we're really great in on, like what we can zero in on and know that we're great at, or we have mentors and experts in our lives that are really great at zeroing in on that small, small scale thing. There's someone sitting beside us that has no idea where to even start. You know, and I think right. that's a powerful thing. Like when you when you have a calling and you have a purpose, it will bite you in the butt every single time. The more you ignore it, the more it comes on the corner, like around the corner, like, hey, girl, I know you're ignoring me right now, but you let me know when you're ready because I'm going to keep bothering you. So <laughs> what is that What is that one thing, like when you were first starting out, like you felt like you were ignoring. So if you felt like you were ignoring your purpose and it just kept coming around the corner, coming around the corner, like what, like what did you do in that moment when you were just like, whether it was like deciding to stop designing and coming back to designing, like how did everything come full circle for you? Especially those things that you were ignoring because you were pursuing maybe this one thing that you thought was it. Mm, that's a good question. Um, man. And it's crazy because when you finally stop ignoring it, it's like the biggest decision of your life and it's so scary. Like I feel like the two biggest and scariest decisions of my life were first dropping out of college to work myself full-time for real for real and then stopping design because that was pretty much my full-time income in order to sell courses and do coaching and then probably my third biggest decision was doing this agency again which is what I did two weeks ago these were all extremely scary decisions but they are all aligned with my purpose I think the first time um, that it took me a while to do it was because my parents are African. I'm a first generation American. It's just like dropping out of college just isn't even like a thing. It's like, girl, right. what do you mean you're they dropping like, out of college? Like, <laughs> right. They're like, you got to be an engineer, doctor, computer programmer, lawyer, something, but you're definitely not going to be a college dropout talking about you're going to design for people on the internet. Like, what does that even mean? 
So it took me a while to get to that point because I had so much fear. I had so much anxiety and I had this addiction to get approval from my parents. And that's what really took me down. I had to figure out what is my addiction. And my addiction was that approval for my dad because he's the most important man in my life. So I really wanted that approval. But I think it just came to a point where it was just like, you're not even doing well in the thing that you're trying to get approval from. So you're never going to get that approval anyway. I wasn't doing well in college because I would be in class designing for a client or when I would, when I'm supposed to be up late studying, I'm thinking about how I can make my website better. So it it finally got to the point where I just dropped out and then I was working for myself for a couple of years full time. And then um, I had consistent clients and I had clients and money coming in all of the time and I was in such a fortunate situation but I just realized like I'm getting this money for design and that's great but I was noticing a pattern that people didn't know how to keep their websites up after they paid me and I mean I love money but more than money I love people and I love for my people to get results and a lot of the people I was I was working with weren't getting results because they didn't understand the strategy and I was like I cannot continue to do design knowing that people are not going to get the return on their investment that they deserve. So I stopped designing and I, like I said, I I started doing the coaches or the coaching and the courses. And then it's interesting because I was like, okay, I'm not going to design because y'all need strategy. Then I was doing strategy and coaching. I'm like, oh my God, y'all need design. (laughs) So that's why I brought back the agency again. And it was scary because since I have so much more expertise, you know, this was like the, my highest ticket item, my, my agency, um, the packages are six and $10,000. And I was just like, this is really scary. I mean, it's a huge ask, right? Like I know that, you know, my packages are worth the investment and there, there may or may not be people out there that will pay for it. So it was really scary, but I know I'm working in my purpose. Like I am doing what I do best. And I know that I can make a difference in people's businesses. And that's why I have to make these scary moves, even when it freaks me out. Cause it's just like, there's somebody that's waiting on you. It was funny. Cause I had a, I had a call with one of my clients yesterday. That's going to be signing on to work with me for the agency, the agency. Yes. And she's like, you know, when people say there's somebody out there waiting for you, she was like, I was the one waiting on you to launch this agency. And I'm like, stuff like that just affirms that I'm working on my purpose and I love it. Yes, yes. And uh, it's things like that, that really just, it just just adds the fuel to the the flame, right? Mm Because you just feel like everything that I went through, everything that I tried to (laughs) to build and create that wasn't successful, that was successful, it's worth it. Because when you finally find that signature when you finally find that one thing that really won't leave you alone and you had the guts the guts to actually see it through is amazing so I'm over here like mm-hmm. yes cheering you on because it's been oh, thank you. a pleasure <laughs> seriously like it's been a pleasure to see how you've grown because I've taken your email courses I've watched plenty of your webinars and everything you said I have implemented it and I turned around and just like oh my goodness like oh my this thing really it really works like <laughs> oh, thank you. all the time yes queen I'm serious like if, if you take the time if you take the time to actually to research to research and gain the answers to your questions and you still sit on them the only person that you can blame is yourself 
because mm-hmm. you you did your due diligence. You went out there. You found the expert. You you had a chance to sit down with someone and talk with them for thirty minutes or fifteen minutes, and you still feel like you hit a roadblock. Like you just you just there sitting in in the gyms are right in front of you, right? Mm-hmm. So what would be one like what is like that number one thing you tell a client or, or a prospective client when it comes to actually driving and seeking results? Because mm-hmm. as a coach, it's like it's more than just homework. It's it's more than homework. What I'm mm-hmm. giving you are, I don't even want to call them life skills. I think that's like real deep. What I'm giving you are the, mm-hmm. the things that I've learned in my life that have worked mm-hmm. for me and things that I know will work for you if you implement it and you see it through and you constantly put it into action. So what's that number one thing you tell your clients? Mm. Man, that's so good how you talked about doing the research because sometimes it is about implementing, but it's also about knowing what resources to use and people love skipping out on resources like girl if you have this free email course that gives you all the tea why are you not drinking it like I don't understand why you're not implementing I was having a conversation yesterday with somebody that I gave a free coaching call to after I did my series and chose some of the um, attendees to get a free coaching call and I was like the issue is you're just not putting in enough effort to seek the right help I was like there's no reason your online presence should look anything like it's not even from this century. I'm like, you're not being intentional enough about investing in yourself and about finding the people that can help you. It's really about community. Like my business leveled up when I got an amazing assistant or when I got an amazing copywriter. And we were talking about this before we hit record, but it's just like, I am where I am today because of the people that have helped me along the way. So whether it's a mentor, whether it's a coach, whether it's a team, you need people to help you. You cannot just do all of this on your own because we're not experts in everything. That's the whole point of a niche, right? So yes, figure yes. out where your weakness is and stop trying to build your weakness into a strength. Delegate your weakness into to somebody who's already strong in that area because that's where we struggle. I don't understand why people are out here trying to build these amazing social media platforms when they're they don't understand social media. Girl, hire Girl. somebody, <laughs> right? Like, come on. why are you trying to build your website when you don't even understand how the internet works? Hire somebody. Like, right. we're not even going to sit here and use the excuse of money anymore because there's too many ways to figure out how to make money. There's too many ways yeah. to go ahead and just Uber people around and get this extra check. Like, you either come want on. it or you don't. You figure it out or come you on. don't. That's really yes. those are your only two options. Oh, like you, you are like, I'm going to be shouting. I know I'm going to be shouting when I go back and listen to this because you're right. Like I say all the time, if whatever you have in your mind, whatever idea, whatever purpose, whatever goal, if you are willing to struggle for it, if you are willing to cry and sacrifice for it, then you know it's real. Because if mm-hmm. you just sit and you play with me, don't play. Don't play because so many times what we present into the space as coaches or as experts or as people who are I feel like I'm a person who's really in tune with myself and that took a long time it took a decade to get there you know (laughs) so naturally we attract people who want to be in that position but they're playing Mm -hmm. that -hmm. is the most frustrating thing so of course (laughs) Shakayla on the inside is just like answer every email answer every like dm but it's just like it's best for me not to say anything sometimes Mm -hmm. because it's just like Mm -hmm. I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. I don't want to crush anyone's goals. But when you contact someone, not saying you get like 
if you're on in the online space, you have some kind. You don't have to have any importance to be real with you. You can just be anybody and everybody online. <laughs> but if mm-hmm. I and we have taken the time to actually invest in our audience and in our tribe, we have some bodies of importance. So when mm-hmm. you contact that person. It has to be fruitful. So I love when I contacted you and I'm looking at the contact form on the website. It's like, be brief and get to the point, basically. And I was just like, you right. You right. I'm not going to give you my whole life story right now. I'm going I'm to ask you my request because I know you've got a team that's like, all right, girl, like, what are the gems? Like, what do you need? Like, what's up? <laughs> Seriously. So how do you get, like, how do you get to that point? Because when we first start out, we want to answer everything. We want to have all these fanciful emails we have to read. But how do you actually delegate and be like, hey, homegirl, I literally have five seconds to read this email. So what's up? (laughs) I cannot stop laughing because I really was just so direct on my contact page. I'm like, listen, sis, you have about three sentences for me before I delete this email. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> but um and then even really quickly I just want to you know give a testament to the email you sent to me I my answer was really quick back to you because I didn't have a lot of time but you did such a good job with your email because you made a connection right like you pointed out mm-hmm. my value you made a connection on how we were even familiar with each other how my brand has helped you like too many people are out there thinking about themselves and their benefits yeah. right so obviously mm-hmm. it's a benefit yeah. for me to you know come on your show but then it's kind of like I instantly want to build a relationship with you because I know that I have had an impact in your life. So it's like, where is, where is the relationship building? Again, that's what we're missing. Y'all are missing out on these resources in this, in these relationships. Like you just want to like hop in bed with somebody before you even know your, even know their name. And that's not how it was to have me shouting. Come on, (laughs) come through, come through. You're so right. Yes. Yes. Yeah, we got to, we really got to work on the relationship building. Like people are too eager to be successful too quickly. And it just doesn't work like that. Like it takes time. And a lot of times it's, you will hear it. It's about who, you know, if you're not out here trying to know who, then I mean, then you really going to be out here just stuck. Right. Cause that's food. That's food for thought. That's food for your soul right there. Because (laughs) that, that's the key. We have, and I've said this multiple times, there are so, there's so much content on success. There's so much content on leadership that there ain't enough content out there about what it feels like to fail. And that's when I was like, that's where, I, that's just the space I'm going to play in. I've talked mm-hmm. about in emails and in, in blog posts, I felt like an imposter. I've lost a client and here's why. How can I get real and gritty with you? Because you feel like, oh, well, I'm just going to be instantly successful after I talk to this person because the emails I see sometimes are kind of like, hey, by the way, that's cute, but I really want to just interview you just because. Like, that is the number one thing that we, I think I learned about that in high school, like long ago, like in high school about how to build and how to effectively network and build a relationship because I love that because I don't Mm want to just interview you today and be like, hey, girl, bye, here's the episode. I want to continue to build and cultivate a relationship because you never know the position that you're going to be in where we're going to need to collaborate or need to join mine. You just never know. So you always Mm -hmm. want to open up that lane for building that abundance because you screw yourself over each and every time. Just how you introduce yourself and it slaps you like when the number one thing and people think I'm playing and I'm 100% not playing. (laughs) If you ever email me (laughs) and you call me Taylor, that's my last name. I will not <laughs> respond to you because my name is not Taylor. My name is Shakira. Right. 
Right. If you call me anything other than my name, then you just screwed yourself. (laughs) Then you just literally screwed yourself and I'm walking away from you because, I mean, misspellings happen. I get it. But you called me Taylor. So I know you're not, you're not doing your due diligence because I go right. Right. Like I I say my name all the time and I introduce myself. So if you're not doing the due diligence to actually read my content, to figure out who I am, the position that I play in the space that I, that I serve or the people that I serve, this, this, this email going to just go left real quick. (laughs) And I'm like, right. I mean, I get it. Cause I'm like, there's no reason for you to come to mayaelias.com. Click on my contact page, write me an email, and still spell my name M-Y-A. There is Come no on. reason for you to spell my name wrong when you're on my website. I, that right. is I Maya am not Elliot. the singer Maya. No, ma'am. That's wrong. That's the wrong spelling. <laughs> like, I am that person. I just meticulously M-A-Y-A. But I've been typing it forever over the years. I already <laughs> knew how to. I already knew. So I'm just like, I'm straight. Like, I got this. I know how to pronounce it in everything. So I'm good. <laughs> I can't. This is this is everything. I feel like I'm talking to a long lost friend. I'm just like I found my kindred sister. I'm like yes, (laughs) yes. So we there's a lot of content. There's a lot that we shared with you that that we've been that we connected with today and that we shared with you. So what would be like one thought that you want to leave my tribe with today? Oh man, there's, there is so much. I'm like, it would either have to be around storytelling or relationship building. And I might, I would say storytelling is the most important because that story is what's going to help you build those relationships to make the right connection. Yes, that's it. Learn to tell your story. Come on, learn to tell your story, (laughs) learn, learn how to soar from it. Um, Every story that you share online doesn't have to be a sad one. It literally can be one of enlightenment, one of like, mm-hmm. hey, by the way, an epiphany. Those are power. Those are just as powerful because when you have that epiphany, that means you're just like, dang, I've been operating in a space that truly did not belong to me. But then I had an epiphany mm-hmm. that this is right. what I wanted to pursue. Those are the most amazing stories to 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 read and to interact with and engage with, especially your story. So I'm just like, man, like you 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 just <laughs> have just come into the space like and have made it your own like you are my like this is my space but like you've been so inclusive and I think that's the beautiful thing like you have just included so many amazing women and men in your brand and to, to teach your tribe and vice versa you've been able to teach their tribes and that's just been amazing to see and that's what I strive for like you have to have more than one voice in your brand in order for it to be like bomb and successful Oh, thank you. Thank you. The more you tell your story, the more you'll be able to attract different groups of people. So I I really, really appreciate that. I really appreciate it. Yes, my queen. Now, where can my trial, like, where can we, like, where is your stopping ground? Where can we connect with you? Like, is there a website (laughs) for the agency? Like, how can I be directing them in the right spaces? Yeah. So um, if you guys want to connect with me, the best way to do so is actually through my Facebook group, because I am pretty active in there. And I have an amazing community of content creators that want to just put out content and share their passion and purpose with the world. So you can connect with me at mayaelias.com slash community. I know that's right. Slay, slay, slay. This has been the most amazing conversation. I just felt like I got a lot off my chest and I'm like, yes. And I got a chance to really hear a lot from you and everything that I've been learning from you has really been amplified in this call. And I'm just so appreciative. 
Oh, thank you so much for having me. This was so fun. Yes. Thank you, Queen. <laughs> Thanks.